Hi, this is Ron and Patty Cochran again, and this is our third class in talking about grieving. Now, I want to let you know something right out front, and that is that we got a lot of questions that came to us last night, a lot of questions again this morning. So I've talked to Tracy, and we're going to do a question answer time today, but we're going to have a part two next week mm -hmm. for question answer, and then that'll be it. You'll be done with us, but hopefully this is something that's helping you. We have heard some positive comments, so we're encouraged by that and hope it's helpful now, but also hope it's as it's archived, it'll be helpful for you in the right. future. So let's just get started with the questions. Um, one of the questions was, having to do with, okay, you guys have given us great stuff, but are there other resources out there as well? So, Patty? Sure. Um, I would say that a great resource is to go to joedabowski.com. And the reason is, um, he's somebody that we met back in college. We were in the same uh, campus ministry. But um, as he got married to Laurel and had a family, his daughter, when she was in college, um, was unfortunately shot and killed by um, a shooter on campus. So um, they really had to work through grief. And one of the things that um, Joe did to work through his grief was to write a book, Cartwheels in the Rain, Finding Faith in the Wake of the Unthinkable. And as he was processing his grief and working through this, he determined that he wanted to switch careers uh, he went back to school, became a counselor, and is working with um, grief um, in a lot of different situations. So his website has a lot of information, and um, so that would be great. Also, um, to go to Dr. Timothy Summerlin's um, website, and that's called inmotioncounseling.org. And he's the one that Ron mentioned in our first class that wrote the book, Grief, Journey in Motion. And I've been through that book uh, when I was uh, taking one of my grad classes and it has some wonderful stuff on working through grief. So those are some good resources for you. So when might somebody need some professional help? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. Um, and, and let me say this at the outset. I, I think professional help's a great avenue. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great at any point. Uh, if you feel like you'd like to talk to somebody that you'd like some help working through the grieving process, or maybe you have other issues that are like compounding the process, it's great. Go talk to somebody. Definitely want to encourage that. Some of you aren't going to want to do that. Some of you don't feel like you need to do that. And that's great, too. But there's definitely nothing wrong with going to see someone who is trained as a professional to be able to help you. That's what they're there for. And it doesn't say anything negative about you if you go to see someone. There are certain occasions where you might especially want to consider professional help. And that would be if over a period of time, you're just not able to function well. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just, you just can't sleep. Now, a lot of times at the beginning, it's going to be that way. But over a period of time, if you can't sleep, if uh, it's really affecting your work, your family relationships, it might definitely be time to consider talking to someone if you're unable to deal with guilt or anger. And we're going to talk about that with some of the questions in just a few minutes. So that's normal to have guilt and anger. But if it gets to the point where you're just stuck in it, 
you might consider professional help. Um, certain types of tragedies, I mean, if it's something where there's violence, like in the case of um, the NIU shooting with uh, Joe and Laurel Dabowski's daughter, that, I mean, yeah, talk to somebody, go see somebody. If it's a, a sudden loss and you're just not ready for it, great opportunity to see somebody. Parents, anything to do with a child dying. I mean, that's that's definitely a great opportunity to consider going to see someone. But another question, Patty, was what can I do now to set myself up that when tragedy does occur, I'm more likely to be able to handle it better? Yeah, that's a great question. But the thing is, is you can never be ready for tragedy. You just, it happens, it's unexpected. Um, and so you're not exactly ready. But Things that might help you in preparing for an eventual loss would be just to work on healing any family rifts that might be there um, so that there can be support among family members at a, a future time. Um, you know, just strengthening those family relationships, even if there's not any rifts. Um, I know that's something that uh, my sisters and I have done. Um, over the loss of my mom, uh, we just had times for conversation where we were really more vulnerable with each other, and that was great. Um, just work on building your relationships, your friendships, people who would be a support network for you. You don't want to isolate. And especially in this time when we are experiencing a lot of physical distancing, um, people maybe are not ready to get on various platforms like Zoom, um, FaceTime, different things where you can actually see people even if you're not touching them. But it's important to be able to stay in contact with the people that you're close to. Yeah, I was I was cracking up uh, last week. You had your, your group on Zoom yeah. <laughs> and it was like, uh, she she leads a group of women, and, and it was like every woman was there. It's the first time first I think time, all of them have I been know. there, and and they're talking, and I'm just cracking up because um, what? How long did it take to get everybody on? It took 30 minutes for us to figure out how everybody could get on, and uh, it was really pretty funny, and we we laughed, we had a good time, but when we saw everybody there, uh, it was very joyful. I walked through the, the kitchen and I could just hear voices upstairs and I was laughing because they were all talking at the same time, talking <laughs> over each other. So, you know what? Have fun with it, right? Yeah. But don't isolate yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So let's see. What's the next question here? Husbands. Ah, yeah. We've been through this one. Um, Patty, What one of the questions is, what can husbands do to support their wives when they've had a miscarriage? Yes. Uh, as Ron mentioned, we have been through that before. And um, I think that it's important to just ask her what she needs. Um, she might need just more affection, just to have you hold her. Um, she might need some reassurance. Um, some women feel like they did something wrong that caused the miscarriage. And so they need to be reassured. Um, she might need more help around the house, uh, maybe doing some extra chores, helping out with the kids so that she can just have some space 
to be able to sort this out. Um, it, it'd be great to do something to memorialize um, the child that was lost. So Ron went ahead and he bought me this really cute little um, globe and it was musical and um, there's a little angel. And anyway, it all reminded me just of um, the child that was lost. And that was very touching and that was helpful to me. You know, just being patient with the situation that it's not necessarily something that's going to, um, she's going to get over quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think that it's important for wives to understand that husbands might be going through uh, a difficult time with this also. So um, wives will need to be patient with the husbands also. Yeah. So you don't want two people grieving in their own corners right? and not talking with each other about it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do if you're if you feel you're not getting enough support from your friends and family? Yeah, that's a that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it does where yes. we we wonder, am I out here by myself? Why? Why am I not getting more calls? Why are more people not reaching out to me, et cetera? And I think certainly we, we have a voice and we can we can approach that subject. Mm-hmm. It just depends a lot, I think, in how we do it. There's a passage in Galatians chapter six, verse one that I want to read. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore them gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. The best approach, if you feel like your needs aren't being met, is to restore somebody gently. The worst thing you can do is just to get bitter and because you're hurt that you fall into sin in how you treat the other person. Um, Please, I... Don't don't put thinly veiled Facebook post letting mm-hmm. people know no. that uh, people aren't meeting your needs. I mean, that's just it doesn't do anything for you. It may get a few sympathy comments, but it doesn't strengthen your relationship no. or get what you want with no, the other person. At all. Yeah. I mean, the best thing to do is just ask. Be very specific. Don't just say nobody's reaching out to me. Be specific in what you're looking for, what you need. It may be, can we spend some more time mm-hmm. together talking? Right. It may be, you know, I, I just, I feel kind of alone. Could you call me more? Or could we pray together? I mean, there's there's things that we can do about it. We have a voice, but be specific and be loving in how you approach others. I mean, that's the Jesus way. Well, it sounds like what you're saying is to, we shouldn't play the victim. Hmm. You know, that we that we have a voice, we can take an mm-hmm. action. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because um, uh, some of the training I've done uh, has been through um, a psychologist named David Kessler. And David talks a lot about that. We need to be able to find our power And be able to get out of being that Mm -hmm. victim mode. And we do. There's something we can do about uh, that. We can speak up. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, Patty, one of the questions was, is it normal to experience anger when grieving? And I know we talked a little bit about that. I think it was class one. Mm -hmm. But you want to go into a little bit more info? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is totally normal. Um, to experience anger while you're grieving because there's just so much that's going on. 
Um, I talked a little bit about my accident before, but I had anger. Um, I was angry at the whole situation. I was angry that, um, you know, the, the young man who hit me had taken his eyes off the road. You know, I was angry um, at medical personnel who did not understand what I was going through. Um, you know, I even got angry with God, you know, and that can cause you to find trouble uh, connecting with your faith. Um, you know, other ways that people can be angry is um, angry at the person who's died hmm. because maybe they didn't take better care of themselves. And maybe if they'd taken care of themselves better, then they'd still be here with us. So um, that happens. Um, or angry that no one seems to understand what you're going through. Um, angry that other people are prospering while you are just floundering and just struggling uh, with your hurt. And sometimes you can even be angry at yourself for not doing or saying something that you think would have been helpful. So a lot of reasons that people might be angry. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of... Um... One of the questions was, what, what can I do when I'm angry with that, that anger? Yes. And a passage in um, James chapter 1, verse 19. Mm -hmm. um, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. When we're angry, it's like what we think affects our feelings, but what we're feeling affects our thinking as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what we need to do is if our emotions are up at this level, we need to just bring them down to a calmer level where we can think more rationally and work through things more rationally. And so sometimes our, our opinions, our thoughts get so rigid, so just hard and fast that I've talked about this before in previous classes. Sometimes we just need to be able to dump a bucket of doubt on our opinions and just start questioning them and asking ourselves, uh, well, one of the best questions I think we can ask ourselves with other people's actions is, is there a possibility that there's an alternative to what I've concluded about that other person's actions or their words? I think that's a very powerful approach mm -hmm. because first of all, it it gives us uh, a little bit of an out there that maybe there is another reason for it. And so even starting to question, even being open to that can help. But sometimes we can work through that and we can come up with several different possibilities for why the person, uh, what they really might have meant. And so that just putting that bucket of doubt on our conclusions can really, really be able to help with anger, um, talking it out with other people, praying it out, uh, struggling through scriptures, but at the same time being patient with ourselves. Also, that's another occasion where if we just get stuck in anger and we can't work through it mm -hmm. and it's affecting our functioning, then we might also consider getting some professional help. Right. But what can you do if you're overwhelmed with grief? Well, I think going back to what we talked about in another one of the classes is first identifying, is it, is it um, misplaced guilt? Is it, um, is it 
a should that we're using that's causing us to feel really overwhelmed with with guilt. And I think that's another occasion where it's good to throw some bucket of doubt on that as well. We do make mistakes and we're humans. And so I think we need to uh, be able to forgive ourselves when we make mistakes. Uh, we may not have seen uh, a visited one of our parents as often as we feel like maybe we should have. There's that word should. Mm -hmm. We're human. And so being patient with ourselves, forgiving ourselves. I think one of the things though, that can happen sometimes is magic thinking. And that's thinking where maybe, maybe something we were thinking or something we did led to that person's death. Oh. And that's putting unnecessary guilt on ourselves and giving ourselves um, an unnecessary type of control. I mean, there's there's our business, there's other people's business and they're God's business. Uh, Tracy likes to say, uh, control what you can control. Some people say, stay in your own lane, but there are only certain things that we, can't, we can control. I mean, Patty mentioned about uh, people don't take care of themselves. Well, we can't control that. Right. You know, Patty suggests to me very frequently to drink this really nasty tasting <laughs> emergency. And every time I do, I have to turn around and I make faces mm -hmm. because it's awful. But she can't control that I do that. Mm -hmm. And we can't control what God does or what God allows. And that gets really touchy when we're trying to figure out mm -hmm. how do good things, how do bad things happen to good people. So we got to realize that there are things outside of our control. And I think, Patty, that's where it comes in very handy to be able to bounce what we're thinking off of other people and be able to get somebody that really loves us and cares about us to give us some objective thoughts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So can anything good come from grieving? Yeah, I would say yes. Um, you know, it doesn't happen automatically and you may even have to work at it. But uh, Romans 5, verses 3 to 5, talk about how we should rejoice in our suffering because it produces endurance, and that in turn produces um, good character, and that in turn will produce hope, which will not put us to shame because of God's love being poured in our hearts. So that's a passage that I studied a lot. Um, after my, uh, my accident, and it really helped me to see that there are points where I can stop this whole process of moving through these, um, to these different character qualities. And I had to start identifying what was stopping me. You know, was I blaming, hmm. you know? Was I not taking responsibility for what I could do? You know, I mean, there was just a, a number mm -hmm. of different things that I had to pinpoint. Um, and then when I did, what started developing was wisdom. Because wisdom comes through our experience and a desire to grow from that experience. So um, that started happening, a, um, a greater understanding of what other people are going through, and that leads to compassion. So, and it also um, a deepening of my faith. People can really deepen their faith and draw closer to God 
um, during times of grief. So what if someone is the strong, silent type? Does that mean that they are stuffing their feelings and not dealing with them? Yeah, you know, I think with that, that we have to think a little bit about not all grieving is uh, crying and weeping and wailing and, and sad and depressed, although that can definitely be part of grieving. So maybe if you look at yourself a little bit more, maybe you're married to one of those strong, silent types, maybe look at it as grieving can also be um, honoring that, uh, that loved one that died. Mm-hmm. And uh, going through that process of of thinking through their life and thinking about what they've done and what they've contributed and what they did for you. And so thinking of it in that way, because not all people are going to deal with grief in the same way. Some people are not going to be public. They're not going to be demonstrative right. with their grief. They're right. going to keep it more internal. And we talked a little bit about that in the first class, that some people will um, go through their grief with their feelings and others will go through it with their their thinking. And so they work through it more internally. Yeah, they could be stuffing their feelings because that happens a lot to people where they just distract, they move on, they don't mm-hmm. think about it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they may not be stuffing their feelings. They may be grieving on the inside. Mm-hmm. They just don't put it out there as much to other people. So I think it's very important that we don't draw assumptions about okay. others okay. and how they're grieving. Mm-hmm. We might not, because it'd be easy to look at somebody and go, well, it must not be bothering him or her. It, it must not be affecting them. Or maybe they weren't that close to the person when we could be totally off base because they may be doing it more in here. So be careful of those assumptions. Mm-hmm. But I hope that there's somebody or some buddies that we're sharing our grief through okay. with, that we're uh, letting them know what, what is on our mind. And, and just even being able to sit down with somebody you're close to and just talk about those memories. Uh, because um, even write those down put them in a story form or history Mm -hmm. history form or something. Uh, What we have to watch out for, and and think about this, this this comes out in a lot of movies where you have the strong silent type and they're handling their grief through a bottle, through alcohol. Uh, And I think we do have to watch out for that. If we're keeping it on the inside, but really grieving that we're not, uh, we aren't stuffing it to the point where we have to turn to alcohol or something like that. Mm -hmm. But people grieve differently. Uh, I mentioned before that when uh, my mom died, I did her funeral. Um, I'll do my dad's when he dies. And um, I'm able to do that because I've worked through a lot of things ahead of Mm -hmm. time. But I still recognize that it's important to honor them, memorialize them, solidify memories. Right. Yeah. So... A lot of what you talked about um, was with other people. Is it possible to go through the grieving process without other people? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe it's possible, but I I guess my question would be, is that what, do we really want to do that? I mean, there's going through grieving with a lot of people. Well, maybe we don't want to do that. Maybe we want to keep it our our contact uh, fairly tight with the people that we want to be that vulnerable to. But 
a lot of times that's how we get close to each other is through being vulnerable, being open with what's going on um, in our lives. Um, but bottom line, our needs are different. So, right. you know, some people may not need other people or maybe a particular loss may not need people as much. Mm-hmm. So kind of in that same vein. Right. Okay. How would you patiently and diplomatically tell other people or let other people know that you would prefer to grieve privately and relate to them that you're really not looking for for help or to listen to them or to bring food, but you want to be able to do that in a way that you're not offending people. Right. So what do you think about that? I I think it's important to just be able to thank somebody for their desire to help and then to explain what your needs are, that you're needing some space to be able to grieve privately. Um, Sometimes this can be done uh, at a funeral or a memorial service, and whoever is officiating can let people know that you or the family is really wanting some uh, private time and to please respect that. And so they can go into detail, you know, no phone calls, no, uh, you know, food, no, you know, whatever it is that the family feels is important for them at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that, we. I mean, just again, just letting people know what we need, mm-hmm. but doing it with love and respect. And is it possible that somebody might get confused by that or offended? It's possible. But I think if we're doing the best we can, Mm -hmm. then hopefully that will will work out fine. And maybe there's some times where we just accept that meal and say, thank you so much and just go, you know what? That was as much a gift for them as it was for us, because a lot of times people just don't know what to do Mm -hmm. to help other people when they're grieving, which, by the way, next time we've got some questions that people have asked having to do with that and and other things. So we appreciate again you being with us through Mm -hmm. this uh, third class on grieving. Mm -hmm. Next week, we will wrap it up with answering some more of your questions. Again, hopefully this has been helpful. Have a great worship service and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.